Welcome to the St. Elias Report, where evil and heresy are exposed by the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ through sacred scripture and tradition of the one holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. I am your host and humble servant of God, George Anthony. Welcome to Episode 3 of the St. Elias Report. This is Vic Hermanson, the producer of this podcast. Some St. Elias Report episodes are made after careful planning and study. Some arise almost spontaneously, simply being spoken with unbidden but deeply sincere passion, energy, and zeal. This is one of those episodes. Because it was recorded with such passion and spontaneity, some passages ended up being much louder than others. Usually, I would call in some audio magic to bring the entire recording to some common volume level. But in this case, I decided to just leave the passionate recording as it is, as that is often the way the Word of our Lord is best expressed. Having said that, here's your host, George Anthony. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, cast thy solemn gaze upon the devil and all his minions, and protect us with thy mighty staff. Thou fled through the night to avoid the devil's wicked designs. Now, with the power of God, smite the demons as they flee from thee. Grant special protection, we pray, for children, fathers, mothers, families, and the dying. By God's grace, no demon dares approach while thou art near. So we beg of thee, Saint Joseph, always be near us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to another episode of the St. Elias Report. I am your host and servant of God, George Anthony. It's my pleasure to be with you again. So the last time we spoke, we were talking about getting battle ready, folks. And this time we'll be talking about some similar things. However, we're going to start talking about becoming Christian crusaders. That's right, crusaders. By no means is crusader a dirty word or a bad word in history that we should shy away from. But we should talk about what it means to be a crusader. And actually, we should talk about what the crusades actually were. So the Crusades, nine of them in total, I believe, took place at the behest of the Holy Father, the Pope, in order to protect the Holy Land from Muslim invaders, the Saracens, and the Turks. So the Pope sent military soldiers out to Jerusalem in order to protect the holy sites, because frankly, a lot of these holy sites 
were being destroyed, defaced. The people were being defamed. Some of them even mutilated and killed. So the Pope sent an army at least nine times to the Holy Land to protect the people and the places of Christendom, of Christianity. So it was a very, very noble cause. Now, a lot of you have uh, a rewritten understanding of the Crusades from one or two or several different sources that come down through the centuries. And frankly, any honest scholar will understand that there are bad people in every situation. However, that is not to eliminate the whole purpose of the Crusades or besmirch the entire, uh, the whole purpose behind why Crusaders went to the Holy Land. So in other words, there's bad people in anything, right? There's bad cops, there's bad lawyers, there's bad moms, there's bad parents, there's bad dads. People are people, essentially. But unfortunately, a lot of these sensational stories, some of them being true, found their way into popular culture, popular lore, and has become, over the centuries, the actual story of the Crusades. But if anyone takes serious scholarship, they'll understand that the Crusades and Crusaders were simply a war for Christ and Christendom to protect and defend the holiness of the people, the sanctity of the land, and all the relics and things in the Holy Land. So let's, uh, let's talk about what it means to be a modern-day Crusader. So if the Crusaders were sent from Rome and all around Europe to Jerusalem to protect people and places and things, why not it be fitting for us to protect the land that we live in here? When we say it's not the Holy Land, it's not a Holy Land. But the, the home that you live in is indeed what we call the domestic church. That is a place of sanctification for your family. And one nation under God, no doubtedly, is just that, one nation under God. In fact, all nations are under God. Everything on this earth belongs to God. Christ is king. So why not start a crusade right here? Now, I'm not saying picking up weapons. Well, actually, I am saying pick up weapons. Pick up your rosary, pick up your Bible, and fight. Also, your phone and your email and fight. These are weapons as well. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain. We're going to have plenty of time to dig into this. But unfortunately, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this land that we live in is no longer one nation under God. This seems to be one nation under Satan, one nation under communism, one nation under sexual deviancy, and all the rest. Now, God is waiting for us to take action and reconsecrate this land of ours, this beautiful land, the United States of America, Canada, Great Britain, the Philippines, wherever you're listening from, this great land, this vast land, back unto him. We need to do so with prayer and fasting, but we also need to do so with direct action. For my listeners outside of North America and frankly outside of the United States, as you can tell, I am an American. And I'm very proud to be of such, but I'm proud to be a Catholic before I am proud to be an American. And as Catholics, as Christian Catholics, we have the duty and the right and the responsibility to make sure that our land puts Jesus Christ as head of country, not some set of ideas which allow evil to flourish. Frankly, evil has no rights. And in this day and age, it seems to be that we're more concerned about going along to getting along 
not hurting feelings, speaking kindly to others, making sure the other one feels represented and everything is equitable and equality for all. Now, equity and equality are two different things. And we'll, we'll dig into that. But it simply means that there is no level playing field on earth. And what do I mean by that? I mean that there is no absolutely 100% way that anything evil can be on the same level playing field as good. Disordered things by their nature are evil. Disordered things by no means possible are on the same level of ordered things. There can never be a homosexual marriage, so-called, that is on equal footing with a heterosexual marriage. I don't care how abusive the one spouse is to the other in a particular heterosexual marriage and how loving, so-called, one individual is to another of the same sex in a homosexual so-called marriage, they by no means are on equal footing. We're not talking about the individual individual's sin or degradation. We're talking about the construct of marriage. Let me explain. Marriage, by the construct given to us in the Holy Bible and by the Holy Spirit, is supposed to be for the procreation of children and the furthering of society. The construct in itself was set up by God with Adam and Eve, not Robert and Steve. Let me say that again. The construct of marriage was set up by God himself with Adam and Eve, not Robert and Steve. Okay? So that construct in itself is holy. The beginning foundations of the family is holy, established by God. Now, the individuals inside of that marriage sometimes do really evil and bad things. But the argument that the left has, the argument that the liberals have, the argument that the LGBTQ plus community have is that, well, if we have a loving relationship, how much better is that relationship than one of a man or woman who cheats on their spouse and or abuses? We're not talking, they're never talking about their own sin or the sin of the individuals that they're criticizing. What they're talking about is the relationship at whole, and they're using an individual's sin to prove a sinful construct correct, meaning that they're, they're looking at an individual and saying, well, well, our sinful, they'll never say this, but our sinful relationship has to be approved because look at us, look at us, uh, we, we love each other and we've not done these things. But when you start with evil, it's only a matter of time before that thing creep in. When you start with good, good can, good can overcome evil. Now, am I saying that all homosexual couples are evil? No, but the concept of a homosexual relationship and the consummation of a homosexual so-called marriage is 100% evil. This comes from the devil himself. Anything opposite that Christ established, that was established by God the Father, is evil. That's it. There's no... There's no there's no sorrow in my voice. There's no contemplation. It's absolute. And the problem we have now in the United States, America, 
Great Britain, Europe, and the rest of the, the world is that we're too busy trying to please the other. First of all, if we're going to have a revival, if we're going to have a Christian crusade in our lands, we need to slow down and think, think about what has happened in our societies. There is a slow creep of normalizing sin and degradation, and it's coming through all different facets of society. It's coming through media. It's coming through law and law enforcement. It's coming through retailers. It's coming now in the United States through sporting arenas and sporting events. It's being put up in advertisements. It's being fed to our children in lessons. It's in society. And there are politicians that are willing to codify sin. You know, I say it over and over again. What's legal is not necessarily moral or good. I go down this trip all the time with friends and relatives and saying that the smoking of marijuana may be legal and you may never go to prison for it and you may never get in trouble for it now that we have these different laws here in the United States and I know there's some laws in Europe as well. But let me reassure you that it is not moral and by no means is it good. This same concept, this same concept goes for sinful relationships, grooming of children, pedophilia, rape. All these things are the devil's devices in order to normalize sin and degradation in society. And one thing leads to another. We have to peel back the onion and we have to discuss these things at nauseum because there might be a few listeners who are completely on board with me and understand everything that I'm trying to say with regards to spiritual warfare. But occasionally we get new listeners and, you know, I may be uh, abrasive or harsh. Let, let me let me go back a couple of steps here, folks, and let me tell you, I've been called a fundamentalist. I've been called a ultra-conservative, a right-winger, a traditionalist. Let me assure you that these titles don't fit. Let me give you the title that fits. The title that fits is Catholic, not your everyday Christmas and Easter Catholic, simply Catholic, not traditional Catholic, not ultra-conservative Catholic, not liberal Catholic, Catholic. What it means to be a Catholic, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, is to believe every jot and tittle of the Holy Bible, the canon law established by the councils, as well as the catechism of the Catholic Church. If by any means you disagree with any of this, do not call yourself a Catholic. There's no room for liberal Catholic, meaning, oh, some of the things we believe in and some of the things we don't. There's no room for conservative Catholic, meaning that I want to put a title on my Catholicism because I feel better than the liberal Catholics or traditional Catholic, meaning that I want to emphasize that I go to a certain mass and other masses are invalid. We have no time for that. To be Catholic means the following thing. 
you believe in every jot and every tittle in the Holy Bible, as well as every passage in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and the canon law established by the Holy Fathers and the ecumenical councils. If you cannot say those things, forget about calling yourself a Catholic, let alone putting any other thing in front of it. I sound hyped up, and I am. It's because our church has been subdivided by itself, by individuals, and by the media who make it their business to talk about Catholic president. By no means is this man a Catholic president. He's not even a Catholic. How can you say that you believe in homosexuality, the rights of homosexuals to perform degradation and sin, let alone support the murder of innocent unborn children? If that's the kind of thing that you believe, you have no right, no right whatsoever to call yourself a Catholic. But the media loves the fact that they have a president who is supposedly so Catholic that he carries a rosary bead everywhere he goes and he talks about his Irish Catholic roots. I don't want to make this a political show, but unfortunately, we have to use examples that are in front of us. We have to use things that we know and we understand to be a problem in order to open up the eyes and remove the veil from some people. It is very simple to be a Catholic. You need to be pious. You need to be receptive to the Holy Bible. You need to be receptive and submissive to authority. And I don't mean authority of men, okay? You do want to be receptive to the authority of popes and bishops, but not in the face of degradation and stupidity. And yes, we have absolute ability to criticize our leaders. Authority does not mean authority to men and turning away from the authority of Christ in the Bible. If the, tomorrow the Pope said that he was going to bless homosexual marriages, but thank God he has not done, we have absolute right to say enough is enough and to give him filial pi, pious correction. We're given that right in Canon 212 and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 907. We're given these rights by the Catholic Church established by Jesus Christ. If you guys want to look that up again, it's Canon 212 and paragraph 907 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Basically, what those two laws state is that the laity, meaning the non-clergy, you know, the moms and dads, the teachers, the, the regular non-religious non, uh, people uh, of the Catholic Church, have absolutely the right to question the authority and the rules given to us if it's a matter of conscious conscience and if it seems to go against the Holy Scriptures. So if your inner voice is telling you that something is wrong as a faithful Catholic and you question authority in that sense, you're not questioning God's authority. You're questioning the authority of a man. You're questioning the authority, does this, this particular law or this particular order given jive with the rest of the catechism, with the canon laws, and most importantly out of all, the Holy Bible itself. Let's go back to Bible. If it doesn't jive with the Holy Bible, we have a problem. If people are trying to legalize sexual degradation inside the church, 
you can go in the Bible and find verses against it. You'll find no verses, I dare you to find, supporting it. I don't want to hear love thy neighbor and uh, do unto others or take the peg out of your eye before the others. Yes, these are all correct and these are all things we need to live by. But there's clear, clear, clear uh, approaches to homosexuality and, and specific, specific instances of men laying with men and women laying with women. If you people out there, liberals and, and uh, LGBTQ pushers, Satanists, and everyone else listening to the sound of my voice who disagrees with the Holy Bible and the current state of the Catholic Church with regards to its uh, classifying these things as sin, then you need to go back to the scripture of which you claim your faith tradition. The Bible says it plainly and clearly. To question the Bible is to question Christ himself. To question Christ himself makes you anathema and does not make you a Christian. I dare you to do it. And if you don't get straight now, then judgment day, you will know what is right and wrong. Okay, I'm going to get off my minister's platform, a little hyped up there. But let's go back to what it means to becoming a crusader. Being a crusader for Christ and his holy one Catholic and apostolic church means that we need to stop accommodating people's feelings and start accommodating God and his rules. I'm not concerned with the carnal feelings and inclinations of my fellow man. Should we be kind? Yes. Should we be nice? Yes. But should we love in truth more than kindness and niceness? Because boys and girls, moms and dads, sometimes straight talk will save someone's soul as opposed to, it's okay, Johnny. It's okay, Roberta. I understand. I respect your feelings. Sometimes we don't need to respect the other's feelings, but we need to respect the other's dignity and soul given to him by the Almighty, or her by the Almighty. The soul is instilled in every person by God himself, and it comes with a certain dignity. And if a person doesn't live up to that dignity, where they live a sinful sexual lifestyle, whether it be heterosexual outside of marriage, or it be heter uh, homosexual inside so-called marriage, because you could never have a marriage between two women and two men. That takes away from the dignity of the soul. So what way you more important? Hurting the person's feelings? Or allowing their soul to burn in eternal hellfire? I rather speak plainly and clearly, if at all possible, nicely, and calmly with that person. But if it need be, I put fire behind my voice to save their soul because I love them. I speak plain here, and you can ask my friends and relatives, I speak plain elsewhere. This podcast isn't about me, but it's to give you confidence to stand up on your own two feet and to become part of the church militant, the church that is here on the earth to fight for Christ. We're not asking you to put, pick up swords and clubs. We're not asking you to pick up weapons. We're asking you to pick up the Holy Bible. We're asking you to pick up rosary beads. 
We're asking you to fast and pray. And most of all, we're asking you to lift up your voices in opposition to evil. Lift your voices up. Be heard in your work. Be heard in your church. Be heard at the PTA meetings. Don't sit there and allow this communistic, socialistic, liberal society to rule you as a person of good faith and morals. And you live only in fear of the other and the neighbors and the co-workers and the bosses inside of your house because God forbid you should proclaim your Christianity. Now, you don't have to go out and make a podcast like I'm doing. But what you do have to do is you must respond to evil when it's brought to your doorstep. The Holy Bible says always be ready to present an account of what you believe clearly. I know many instances of Christian people who, by no fault of their own, it's the way their mentality is to preserve happiness and to preserve an easy way of life. They get caught in a political conversation they're not looking for. Let's say about abortion and work. You got four or five guys cool with each other. They sit around the table and they're talking about X, Y, and Z. Somebody brings up the subject of abortion. You got one Christian between four lukewarm Christians or atheists or whatever, just people, regular regular folks, you know, regular nice people you encounter in work, you know, somebody you invite to your barbecue, your neighbor. It could even be your brother and sister. This conversation can happen between brothers and sisters. And what happens? You get the four or five people all nodding their head in zombie agreement that a woman's right is a woman's right and abortion is should be legal because it violates a woman's privacy, yada, 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 and you have the one Christian. And the one Christian says nothing. Nothing, they say. They sit there like a zombie because they feel and they know if they were to agree, it is a sin. But let me tell you, boys and girls, you sitting there and saying nothing is just as bad, just as bad as agreeing with, with them, if not worse. You're not called to get up on your, your pulpit, on a pulpit, a soapbox, or your, your podcast, but you're called to speak truth. You can simply say, I disagree. I disagree that it's about privacy. It's about life. Stop the conversation, clean your dish, leave the room. If you feel like you're going to get ganged up on, but if you have receptive people of of you know medium to high intelligence where they're not going to get emotional, obviously you can have the, the prolonged conversation. But you're called to bring an account whenever you or Christ, the Bible, and everything holy in that is challenged. You are called by God Almighty himself to put right what is wrong. If you sit there in silence, you, my friend, are part of the problem. You can't be a crusader for Christ on Sunday with rosary beads in front of the Blessed Sacrament, live a holy Christian life, and when challenged in public, you say nothing. You have to take up space. You have to raise your voice to the heights of the mountain. We have to understand that we have no time for toleration of sin in exchange for peace. Christ said it himself, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. I separate son from mother, father from son, sister-in-law, brother, everyone. I'm misquoting the Bible here, but he said, I am come to bring a sword, not peace. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff, the goats from the sheep. 
the people who believe and don't believe doesn't mean he came to bring an actual sword to kill people. That's not Christ's nature. Christ was the prince of peace. But peace in the sense of holiness established by God himself in acceptance of his, his law and his will. Because we have free will doesn't mean if you choose the evil that is justifiable and just as good as choosing the good. He gave us free will because he loves us in order that we choose him. He didn't give us free will because he wanted us to choose the evil. He wills it that we choose him. So you cannot sit here for the sake of peace, for the sake of harmony and so-called brotherhood, not call out sin. When God on earth, Christ himself was asked, are these your mother and brothers? Like he was preaching in the house. Uh, there, was, there was people around, and I believe Mary and his cousins came. You know, in Hebrew, brothers is a, is a word that means brethren. It means the, the sons and daughters of our family. Cousins, brothers, same word. In English, we get all hyped about it, and they're like, did Jesus have a brother? Did he not have a brother? Did he have a cousin? They were cousins. Long story short. When he was asked, Are this, is this your mother and your brothers, you know, your cousins? He said, my mother and my brothers are the people that listen to the words coming out of my mouth. In other words, for the sake of brotherhood here in the United States and around the world, we shouldn't be concerned with making people our brothers and sisters who don't believe. You can't have unequally yoked people and call them your brother. Are we brothers in humanity? Yes. Are we brothers in as countrymen? Yes. But true brotherhood is underneath God the Father. In order to have true brotherhood, you must call individuals to Christ. You mustn't just accommodate. To accommodate is to allow that person to lose their soul. You don't need to go out on the, on the street corner and do street preaching, podcasting, video making. You, you can and you should, and I encourage you. But in order to be a brother or a sister to someone who's close to you in a work environment or in a school environment, speak truth. Speak truth to power. Don't allow an easy life, a happy person, dictate what the right thing to do and say is. We don't have time to compromise with false doctrines of heresy and sacrilegious things for the sake of brotherhood either. This is modern society. There's many religions out there. There's many belief systems out there, but there's only one true one. It's the one established by Jesus Christ himself. Can you have Muslim friends? Yes. Can you have Buddhist friends? Yes. Can you have Hindu friends? Yes. Can you have atheist friends? Yes. Can they be your brothers? No. They cannot be your brothers under God until you bring them to Christ. No one's saying shun them. We don't shun people. Jesus Christ never shunned people. He brought people in. He told them their sins were forgiven them and that they should believe in the Father and that they should listen and do good things and obey the commandments. We don't shun. 
But we, we should not be under any kind of illusion that my friend who's Muslim, my friend who's atheist, my friend who's XYZ religion is on equal footing with a Christian, a faithful Christian, not Johnny-come-lately Christian baptized and hasn't been in the church since 1951. It's a different story. But still, it's our duty if we love these people, and I have many around me on a continuous and a daily basis. When an account is brought to you about religion, politics, and particularly politics, not about, you know, taxes and things of that nature, with regards to do we support deviant sexual lifestyles, LGBTQ plus whatever, and murdering of children, so-called abortion, or do we not? At that time, your friend, that's when you're going to be the most brotherly, sisterly to them by speaking the truth and trying to save their soul. If you just sit there and go, let's agree to disagree, you're part of the problem. Let's not agree to disagree. Let us talk about it in, in, in harmony and in, in, in kind, loving situations. Let them speak. You let the other person listen, and it works out. You may go away upset if you're an emotional person, but if you truly, in your heart of hearts, love that man or woman sitting across from you who has these false beliefs, it is your duty and your responsibility to 100% give them the truth of the Holy Gospel. False doctrines will lead us down the path straight to hell. Not only false beliefs with inside of so-called Christianity, but false doctrines completely, false religions. There are false religions. Every religion is not on the same terms with itself. My God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Jesus Christ's Father, the Father in heaven, is not the same God of Islam. My God it doesn't write sexually deviant things through the authors of the Bible and have them called holy scriptures. Their God does. My God is Jesus Christ, second person of the Holy Trinity. Jesus Christ in their Quran is only a prophet. There is not equal footing amongst religions. Just because a couple of stories sound similar, we have similar names, we have Moses, we have Musa, we have Isa in Arabic, we have Jesus, we have Maryam, we have Mary. They're not the same religion. The Holy Quran doesn't profess the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It, it degrades Jesus as only a prophet. And frankly, 95% of the texts are directed at men. I don't mean men in the biblical sense of men and women. I mean men with regards to what sexual gratification they get in heaven if they perform certain things here on earth. 
and how big certain members of their body will become and how many virgins they'll be able to violate in heaven. Shame. Shame of those people within and without the church that call the Holy Bible equal to the Quran or that say the God of that disgusting book is the same as the Bible. Shame on you. I don't care if the names are the same. We can go into it later with regards to the difference between the Quran and the Bible. It's not about Islam right now. It's trying to bring the veil up over your eyes, boys and girls, men and women, that doctrines are not the same. And these people who tried to become ecumenical with reaching out a Catholic bishop to a Muslim imam and pray together. How can you pray together if you're equally unyoked? How in good conscience can you as a Catholic bishop or father say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? And they say in the name of the prophet, Muhammad. You pray with that nonsense? Shame on you. Learn better. Do better. Yes, you should have an ecumenical dialogue. Dialogue, talk, not prayer. You can't pray with someone who's unequal to you. I can't sit here and pray with a Buddhist. To what? Karma? I'm going to pray with a Hindu to an elephant god? My god is an elephant. My god came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit and became man. In the flesh, he suffered, died, and was buried. I know my God. You have an imaginary God elephant. We're not equal. Don't think for the sake of peace with your neighbor, for the people that you love and spend time with, the people that you work with of all colors, races, and religions, is worth your soul. Don't lose your soul to be nice. Don't lose your soul for peace. Don't start war. Don't start arguments. But when addressed at your front door, at the kitchen table, at your workplace, address it. <laughs> There's a lot of things it takes to become a crusader, but you first need to be a well-versed, holistic, completely biblically grounded Christian. There's a lot of things here that we can do to start getting that process going. And the first thing we need to do is we need to read our Bibles, okay? We have a big problem in the Catholic Church where we go on Sunday, we listen to the proclamation of the Holy Gospel, and it's probably like the last time we read the Bible that week. You know, you don't have to actually pick up the Bible and read it. You got audio Bible guys, you got Bible apps, you got Bible on the computer. There's, there's a thousand different ways to hear Scripture. Even if you listen to some of these podcasts or radio shows, Catholic radio shows on, uh, on, on the radio, if you have local Catholic radio, or if you know you tune in on, on you know, iTunes or, or something like that, you'll hear Bible verses. 
We need to start immersing ourselves in the Bible and understanding what it says. Because that's the foundation of the entire, the entire part of being a Christian. That and the traditions that Christ gave us and the apostles gave us. Scripture and tradition. Scripture and tradition. Without scripture and tradition, we're going to fail. You can't, listen, you can't be a four-star general, five-star general in, in, in Christ's crusade and not be a soldier. And what's it mean to be a soldier? It means in order to be a grunt. You got to get in the battle. Again, we're not calling for war. We're not calling for violence. But we're not calling for silence. Speak up. Action. Okay? So in order to do that, the things that are going to be your weapons are your Bible and your rosary. Your rosary, pray it as much as you can. It's a hard thing to do. I have a trouble finding time for that a lot. But at least a couple Hail Marys and Our Fathers here or there. But most importantly, know your Bible. We have to stand up in our schools, in our government. We have to make our voices known, and more importantly, the voice of Scripture, which is the voice of God himself. That's God speaking to man. We need to stop pretending like everyone needs to be happy and sing kumbaya, and people need to be, feel wanted, and people need to feel inclusive and in a certain group. Okay. The, the devil is not here for any purpose other than to disjoint society. And he's using every single tool that he can. There's so many things that are going on in the world right now that it's, it's almost ridiculous. Okay, I'm just going to go through a couple of things that are happening and, and how idiocy and evil creep in. Many years ago, you guys, if you're of a certain age group, you knew that it, you know homosexuals were closet, closeted, right? That means that they were practicing their sexual immorality in secret amongst small groups of individuals because they understood society didn't accept them. Because at that time, society was mostly a Christian society. I would completely argue that. Society, especially in the United States, was a Christian society. Priests were looked at with reverence. Bishops were looked at with reverence. There was a Catholic church on every corner. There was full churches every weekend. And to be living a sexually deviant lifestyle was anathema. It, it was completely frowned upon and looked down upon, as well as pedophilia, right? Pedophilia, to some degree, is still frowned upon and 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 you know, uh, made to be disgusting. But there's currently laws, men and women, boys and girls, that is going to allow the ability for pedophiles not to be charged as harshly because of their so-called attraction. Okay? This is, this is the slow creep of laws. When we allow evil in one place, evil starts to creep in another. Let me explain and go further. Okay? So with the ability of these, these small groups of homosexuals, LGBT community, started propagating their need for equality and acceptance in the United States. Over the years, it's gone so far as where we are now. We went from, let the other live, it's not my business, to we should have started as a country 
as a world, as Christians in this world, no matter where you are listening from, Philippines, Nigeria, Africa, Europe, Middle East, where are you listening? Cut the head of the snake off before it eats the rest of the body. We didn't do that here in the United States, in North America. We allowed for homosexuality to grow and grow and grow, and the removal of certain moral laws in order for people not to be prosecuted for their sexual appetite. I completely disagree with this. Because now, here's where we're at now. We're in the United States. And in the United States, we now have laws that are going to, if not, they already do. They're, other states have, every state has their own laws. But we have laws in the United States that allow children to choose their own sex and go get a mu- mutilating surgery for girls to remove their breasts and boys to remove their penises. And the parents have no say. We went from let the others live their life to now in your own house, you have no control over your boys and girls, your daughters and sons. Stop being complacent. Wake up. Fight evil. This is not about my business and their business minding our own business. It's about minding the business of God. Doing God's business. Your business is to believe and live the holy gospel. And if that means making someone else feel uncomfortable, so be it. So be it. Call sin out where it is. Because if you don't, you're going to turn around. And one day, little Johnny is going to want to be little Mary. And moms and dads, at that point of your complacency, there's not a darn thing you're going to be able to do. Because if we don't start start putting our foot down and drawing the line in the sand and being battle ready, we'll allow evil to come into our houses. Maybe not through the front door. Maybe not through the back door. But through the children's devices the children's school, the children's homework, things that they teach, and there's not a thing you're going to be able to do about it because there's some states which are now going to give jail time to parents if they interfere with the transformative so-called surgery of children. Can you believe it or not? Believe it. It's happening. Jail time. If these things pass, we are in much graver situation than we are. And I, frankly, don't want to hear, I hear it all the time from people, well, there's some conservative homosexuals. Homosexuality is the problem. I don't care if you're a homosexual for Trump. I don't care if you're a homosexual for DeSantis. I don't care if you're a homosexual for Joe Biden. Homosexuality is the problem. We need to stop basing people's political views And saying, well, these people are okay. This group is okay. No, everything needs to be called out. And that goes for the politicians as well. Politicians, stop talking about some abortions are okay in the instance of 
uh, rape and incest? No, all abortions are murder. Well, she doesn't want to have her brother and her son. You know what? It's a child, not a choice. I am an absolutist. Translation, I am a Catholic. I accept not one single sin to bless. You can't sit out there, Donald Trump, and tell me, I agree with abortion, only in cases of rape and incest, but I'm pro-life. Ron DeSantis, up until a certain amount of months, we uh, will, no, all of it, all of it needs to go. Your duty is to put your voice behind these politicians and give them courage to say, no is no, yes is yes, all abortion is murder, all LGBTQ lifestyles are wrong. We're not going to stand for anything anymore. Not one inch. Give them no room. Stand on your feet. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will reward you. You can't be a half-in crusader. You can't be a half-in soldier. It's time that we wake up, and it's time that we stand up. Many of you inside the United States are familiar with the books in school that are coming home now, if you have school-aged children, and how math equations that used to say, Johnny's mom and dad went on a trip, and Johnny's mom and dad brought five sandwiches, and then Sarah brought two sandwiches. How many total sandwiches were there? They're sneaking in math equations that do the opposite of that, and now say, Johnny and his two dads went on the same picnic. And Johnny and his two dads, they're not even teaching about alternative so-called family lifestyles. They're teaching math and manipulating the language inside these books. I know, I have family that are educators. I see that every single day. You think that it's only coming to, you know, the social studies class or the health class. It's not only in social studies and health class, boys and girls. It's coming to you in the math equations. It's coming through all the different writings that are in the curriculum. You have to read every single thing as a parent or a guardian, what's coming in your front door. I mean, you, you guys are probably already savvy to understand the lock down the phones if you don't even give the phones is better to the kids and the and internet and the, and the tablets and such. But you, now you got to read the lessons. You got to read the full book of lessons. You got to go in the library and look at the books that are they're, they're being pushed in our children. Okay? So it's, it's everywhere. Everything is, is, is coming to a head. There's laws in the United States which are going to allow the mutilation of children like we've discussed. There's laws in the United States, and frankly, that the UN is now pushing for with regards to minimalizing sentences with people over the age of consent who now have sexual relations with people under the age of consent. Translations, adults having sexual relations with children. Okay, And I'm not talking about the 14 and 18-year-old who may have met in 
high school or around the block. Okay, there's something to be said for that. There's a there's a whole background study done on those things. Whether they're right or wrong, we should follow the law. What I'm talking about is 40-year-old businessman with 15-year-old high schooler, 16-year-old high schooler. You're going to legalize that or at the very least minimize sentencing? No, not at all. I don't go for that, especially when Christ said anyone who defiles one of these little ones should be had with a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. I'm not suggesting putting to death these type of criminals, but I'm certainly not for minimizing sentencing or normalizing it as a preference. Look what we've, look what we've done with the language in the United States. We've taken sin and we've called it a preference with regards to homosexuality, bisexuality, and every other alternate disgusting sexuality. We've turned it into a preference. So now the legal position of some countries and some states is that pedophilia, the lust of an adult for children sexually, is a preference. After that, maybe bestiality will be a preference. Bestiality is the sexual lust of a human being for an animal. And this is all because we as a Christian nation, as a Christian society, have not called out sin at the very beginning. Toleration of anything will allow for the devil to do his work little by little. The devil is an eternal being. He has till the end of time. Only at the end of time will he be slayed by Christ. But until then, he's got a long, long way to go, buddy. And he plays the long game with people. If you think making your fellow man happy and smiley and feeling welcome is what it takes, then you're going to sacrifice your children at the altar of Satan. Yeah, look at that visual. You have that visual in your head? Allowing your neighbor to practice their homosexual lifestyle has everything to do with you in your house because the next law will be, oh, well, guess what? We already mentioned it. Coming to a theater near you, coming to a home near you where you can't even control your own children because you'll be probably thrown in jail for um, discrimination against your own children or bigotry. Stop it where it starts. Cut the head of the snake now. If you're going to allow your children to go to a school where they teach such nonsense about deviant sexual lifestyles and alternative uh, feelings and choices with regards to adult relationships with uh, little boys and little girls, it's not enough that you sign them out of the classes. You must make your voice known that this is a sin, this is degradation, this is not good for our society. See, the devil corrupts society through disorder. What's the end game? Do we, do we just hate homosexuals, people? No, we don't hate homosexuals. We don't, we don't, we don't. We preach against homosexuality, and we preach against abortion, and we preach against euthanasia, uh, the killing of, of you know, older people and people that are sick, 
And we preach against these things because God is the father and the author of life. Homosexuality and the act of it gives no life. It only gives carnal pleasure. Babies were meant for life. That's it. If you if you abort, if you murder a child, whether it be by contraception or 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 by other methods used, you know, physically to to stop stop the procreation process, or even worse, by murdering the child flat out with with a spike in its head inside the mother's womb and a suction tube, which flat out is murder. God gave us life so that we would share our love and procreate and make children. If you bless homosexuality, you're blessing sin and you're blessing the opposite of procreation. You're, you're blessing something that has absolutely no ability to produce any children, any progeny. If you support abortion, you're supporting a system of the systematic murder of children. Society will eventually die, both spiritually and physically, with these things being legal and being, frankly, just ignored. It's one thing to speak up, and it's another thing to support. But where the dirty, disgusting, Indifference is is the worst evil. Silent Christians, mute Christians, and people who just say what's good for them is good for them, but that's not good for me. No, what's good for God is good for me and is good for them. What God has ordained, we can stand on. There is no relative truth. There's only truth and falsehood. Truth and lies, good and evil. If it's good for me, it's good for the person in New York, the person in Afghanistan, the person on an island who's never heard of Christ, and everyone in between on this earth. There is no relativism. Accepting relativism in religious doctrine or in the political things of the day which support homosexuality, pedophilia, and all the rest are an abomination and will damn your soul to hell forever and those around you. We have to say with love and certainty, but with most of all, compassion for the other soul. And I don't mean compassion with sweetness and, you know, Johnny, let me tell you, we, sometimes we just got to speak up and, and we just have to talk plain. You know, we don't have to talk with all the fire that George Anthony has in his voice. You know, that sometimes is a good thing and it's helpful. Sometimes it will get you into trouble, I will admit. But we cannot be complacent. We need to put the truth out there. Okay? And, you know, there's, there's these things, right? Everyday things you can do. Okay, let me, let, me just, let me just give you a couple of things that have happened in the world within the last six months, some more recently than others. Do you guys remember the Balenciaga scandal? The Balenciaga scandal is a high-end fashion clothing line. 
listen, I can't afford it, okay? This is stuff Kim Kardashian and the big stars they wear, right? It's like really highfalutin, high fashion, kind of like very Italian, French, uh, 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 socialista, uh, so, you know, socialites, right? Wear this kind of stuff. But very expensive. There was a campaign, uh, advertisement campaign, that had a lot of um, sadomasochistic sexual uh, sim symbols in them with children. This was a children's clothing line that Balenciaga was doing. This was an adult clothing line, you know. Even that is, is sinful and disrespectful. But the clothes that they were marketing were children's clothing. And there was things such as uh, you had... Um, Bondage gear, right? You know, these sexual lifestyles, these deviant sexual lifestyles like bondage and sadomasochism. Bondage gear on teddy bears, okay? It's bad enough if it's sexual deviant, but they had the words like ball, like Balenciaga, okay? is spelled in such a way that they had this tape that said Balenciaga and they had ball, the name of a demon who we rebuke and reject in the name of Jesus Christ. But this name of the demon <clears throat> was in the background of these pictures. You can't tell me these things are coincidence. Not only that, on the front, on, in the front round, well, listen, listen to me, guys. In the foreground of these pictures, there was a United States Supreme Court case ruling that pedophilia, as described in literature, is actually protected by the freedom of speech clause of the Constitution. That's a, real, that's a real ruling. So in other words, if you write a story about a man having sex with a young boy, it's protected in the United States, unfortunately, disgusting, how dare they, as freedom of speech. This decision and, and several paragraphs were spread in the background. Now, how in the heck, and I give this researcher 100% credit, people found that, God bless them, they found it. But this is the kind of things that they're putting subliminal messaging messaging in. They want to sell. Do you want to sell kids clothing? Or are you really selling Satanism and degradation? Who's behind these sexual deviant lifestyles? Do you just think people wake up and say, "I love men as a man and I love women as a woman"? Well, as a woman, no. It's the author of lies, the devil himself. That's why I can't get on board with this idea of well. These homosexuals support ex-candidate, and they're conservative. They're still homosexual? Then they need to get out of sin, and then we can talk about going into the Catholic Church. I don't care what candidate you support. That's not my concern. Left, right, center, Green Party, uh, socialist, communist, whatever. I'm not concerned about the, the D's and the R's, the Democrats and the Republicans. I'm concerned about Catholic, Christian, and non do you believe in Jesus Christ or don't you? Every other title that you have other than mother, father, priest, and nun, things that are sacred mean nothing to me. I don't care who you vote for. I care that if you support a person that uh, supports abortion and LGBTQ lifestyles, yes, of course, but I, I don't really care if you're registered and you've not voted. It doesn't matter. Your vote is not important to me. As more is it important that you believe what you read and that you act on that. Because let's be honest, if you believe what you read in the Bible and you act on that, you'll never vote for a candidate on either side. Trust me, you won't. 
Or you'll start to wake up like I have in the last year and a half and realize that the choices on both sides stink. And that maybe we should start to think about other alternative candidates. Again, not a political speech, but let's not get lost in, well, some of these sins are okay because these people support X candidate. No, no. The sin is a sin. The sin is a sin if it's done by a Republican. The sin is a sin if it's done by a Democrat. The sin is a sin if it's done by a Catholic. The sin is a sin if it's done by a Muslim. The sin is a sin is a sin is a sin. Once you identify the sin and turn away from the sin, then we can talk about next level. Don't get caught up, people. Other things that are happening in society. Talked about the books and the lessons in school. We talked about marketing. Oh, let's talk about some more marketing. How about Target? So for the people in Europe, I'm not sure if you guys have Target. That's a really big American company. Canada may have it. I'm not particularly sure. But definitely an American company. Looking it up. So June, as you know, is LGBTQ awareness or otherwise termed now Pride Month. Okay. By the way, guys, Pride's a sin. One of the seven deadlies. So uh, who who um who was the author of Pride? You got it. The devil. So to be celebrating pride, one of the seven deadly sins, and masking it as LGBTQ support, it's just, you know, double trouble. Double Two for the price of one. You got your BOGO sale right there. But anyway, June is Pride Month, a.k.a. support of deviant sexual lifestyles and their practitioners. And God forbid anyone should speak up against it in June. Now, let me tell you what June is. June in the Catholic Church, everyone, is dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. May he have mercy on us. June is dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. That's what we need to start realizing, okay? But in any case, Target, in support of the LGBTQ community, has in their stores, um, they're, they're, so let me explain to what Target is, guys. So Target in the United States, for the people outside of the United States, is like an all-in-one store. They have clothing, they have toys, they have groceries, they have books, they have electronics, they have an automotive section. Uh, they have everything under the sun. It's like your supermarket plus, plus, plus store, okay? Everything you want, all-in-one store. You're going to get cards, you're going to get gifts, candy, makeup, everything. You just, you know, Amer- Americanism at its best, right? You know, you get everything under one shop, Um but in order for them to support and show their, their, their support of, of the degradation of the LGBTQ lifestyle, each and every store of Target in the United States has put a display in the front of their store with the rainbow and the flags and all that. And they have now, get this, children's clothing. Androgynous children's clothing. So your son's clothing in Target is now pink and purple. Ain't nothing wrong with pink and purple, people. I got pink ties, pink shirts. I'm just saying. But then you have dinosaurs with flowers and unicorns for both boys and girls. You have tractor trailers, trucks and lions and dinosaurs with pink and and rainbow backgrounds. Rainbows on everything. Okay, some people say it's not that bad. You know, my daughter's like... uh, Spider-Man and Batman and my sons like to play Barbies with their sisters. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. No one's going to be super hyper-masculine or super hyper-feminine. But they are crossing the clear lines. And not only that, 
if you're a researcher like myself and you dig deeper, you'll find out that the marketing genius behind the target, the target, well, let me say it right, the targeting of children, pun intended, was set up by a third-party company. And who's running that company and doing the marketing is a biological male. Oh, no, I, I apologize. Is a biological female who has transitioned to a male that wears a fake or implanted mustache and is a Satanist. And part of the clothing line outside of Target, thank God it's not reached Target yet, is Satanist is inclusive. Satan loves transgender. Like he's he, she, it, whatever. This person is promoting Satanism through transgenderism. This is the person, the evil, evil, evil person that Target Corporation has co-opted in order to celebrate LGBTQ Deficient Sexual Lifestyle Month, other known as Pride Month. And you're telling me that it's all about equity and equality and leaving people do what they want? No, no. Through clothes and through books and through their toys, they're incorporating Satanism in a slow drip method. There's a bathing suit, and I've done the research myself. And when I mean research, I've gone into the store and looked at every piece of clothing, put my hands on it to see exactly what this is. I'm not going online. I'm not second guessing. I'm not listening to other people. If I can go and I can see something, I'm going to see it. There's a bathing suit that has a tuck option, T-U-C-K, tuck option. What's that mean? It means this bathing suit, which basically looks like a woman's one-piece bathing suit, can be worn for both males and females. It has a pouch for the male's penis, which will then tuck behind the anus in order to hide the genitalia. Or it can be the flap can be opened to cover more of the crotch area of the female. You go on target.com and you'll see the 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 di disgusting display of satanistic transgenderism, androgynous, everything. In the clothing line of the children, they've made sure they got, quote-unquote, forward-thinking models of the children's clothing and dressed this little boy, I'm assuming it's a little boy, as a little girl, in their marketing. And you tell me the devil's not coming for the children? Have an 8, 9, 10-year-old kid, seems to be a boy by all you know, understanding of what the what I'm looking at, dressed in female clothing. So one thing is an adult if you want to make stupid choices and damn your soul to hell. But to lead these children into this, this garbage, it's nothing but the devil. We know that marketing is a problem and retail is a problem, but let's just talk about our sports teams. You know, we thought... At one point, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, or all the rest was protected and, and somewhat of a masculine pastime. Not all sports, but you know, if you're if you're a, in the in Europe and you're you're, you're a footballer, you know, a, for those people in the United States, you're a soccer player. You're pretty much following, you know, you're pretty much following rugged men. 
or here in the United States, baseball. You know, there's softball for girls and, and females, absolutely. But the major teams are generally all men. We, we as men like to think of, of, of that uh, as protected from all the, the ridiculousness and, and, and uh, deviant sexuality. But it's not true. It's not true. And I don't mean the individuals that are homosexuals that play these sports. That's their decision to, to figure out on their own soul and their own account. As long as they're not, you know, promoting the stuff to my children openly, I'm happy. Promoting it to us, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not going to go and say which which players are homosexual and which is not, and I'm not going to I'm not going to watch uh, the game. Okay, that, that that's that, that's too far and, and and few between to figure out, right? People are private with their lifestyles. That's not it. Now, if you have some guy preaching or propagating his his lifestyle, yeah, I'm not going to watch that team. But you know, we're, we're not going to go and, and stop doing it for those reasons. But what we should do, what we should do is stop going to baseball and football and these other sporting events when these teams openly promote pride. Pride. And I don't mean pride in your country. I mean pride. Degradation, sin, LGBTQ lifestyles, transgenderism, and all the other abominations that go with it. Okay? A couple years ago, uh, I would say about five, anecdotally, all the major retailers, all the major, uh, all, all the major retailers of sporting goods and uh, these sports teams were supporting Pride, maybe with a little little uh, rainbow flag or whatever, and saying, you know, we support you, you know, coming out of the closet, whatever. Okay, it was just that. It was disgusting then. I stopped, you know, really, really, and thinking, do what I wanted to go to uh, games during that month, do what I want to support people during the month, and I stopped just during that month, which is the month of June. But now what we have here is an exhibit and a display by the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers are a baseball team here in the United States. And the Dodgers have gone so far as not only promoting pride of homosexuality and degradation and sin, but also the support of heresy against the Catholic Church. The Dodgers have acknowledged one particular group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which sounds like a religious group if you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But what really is, is a bunch of men dressed as women, a bunch of transgender so-called men dressing and as women, but the dresses that they're using are those of religious sisters in the Catholic Church. There is so much uproar in the United States of conservative and moral and Christian and Catholic people that the Dodgers then disinvited this group. But wait, it gets better. After they disinvited the group, the LGBTQ community, the satanic community, and every other other disordered, sinful community put so much pressure back on the LA Dodgers organization that they're going to re-invite this group of men dressed as Catholic nuns which wear no pants and have uh, G-strings and everything else to honor them for their support of the community. When's the last time the L.A. Dodgers invited the Catholic Church and Catholic charities and Catholic religious orders on the field to receive an order for taking care of the homeless, the poor, the sick, the needy, the AIDS victims, the orphans, the downtrodden, the raped, the abused, 
When's the last time? No, but we're going to give a bunch of predators an award because they promote predatory behavior in the community. Disgusting. If you don't think they're coming for your kids, there's your story. And in closing, I'm just going to say that I hope this talk, although a little hype, a little bit higher tone, and a little bit, frankly, on fire, has lit a fire in your soul for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and for the things that are happening around us. I continuously speak and preach and talk about what it means to be a Christian. Stop being a Christian just on Sunday and holy days of obligation. Live your life as a Christian. Take up space. Spread the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if that means being a little bit unpopular, if that means being a little bit outside of the group of parents or the group in high school or the group in college or the group at your work, if it means just you and the Lord, then so be it. For whoever is with God, who would be against him? Only the devil. And we know he's not important. Don't look for the accolades of men and women. Look for the accolades and the face of God to shine upon you. Look for God, once you meet him face to face, to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Look forward to that day and turn your back from the popularity contests and the acceptance of men and the awards and, and the praises of men. Yes, obviously, if people praise you, it should be for the glory of God. Everyone likes to be told they're doing something good. But if your good is not foundational in the holy scriptures and holy tradition, it is just the accolades of men giving you lip service, telling you that you're doing something for the benefit of nothing. Benefit yourself by following in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his most blessed Virgin Mother Mary, the angels, the saints, and the holy martyrs that have come before us. Study, pray, fast, and at the most, Stand up. Let your voice be heard. Be not silent with the people around you, with the people aside of you, the people you love, the people you cherish, because if you truly love your fellow man and your fellow woman, your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your friend, you will spread the gospel by your works, by your words, and by your deeds. So let us ask the Lord in our closing prayer to assist you with the ability to do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we pray that this podcast 
be a blessing to all those across the world who have the ability to listen to it and that it be spread far and wide with your will and the powers of the Holy Spirit for the edification of your people and the glory of your name so that your holy gospel will be proclaimed from sea to shining sea that Jesus Christ is King and God and that there is no other author of life and death except you and you alone and that we may come to understand that free will was given to us for us to choose the good and to choose you and to choose loving you and serving you and that we may, as your faithful people, stand in the face of evil and say, enough is enough, anathema, heresy, and to proclaim that Christ is king everywhere, in every single church, in every single courthouse, in every single place from corner to the corners of earth. We ask you, to send us your Holy Spirit, God, Father, and to bless us so that we may do good and right for you and you alone and not the accolades of men. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today, boys and girls, men and women. Remember, Christ is King. Ave Maria. For questions, comments, or concerns, please contact us at editor at saintelliasmedia.com. Also, please visit our website at saintelliasmedia.com where you will find updated articles and additional resources. The St. Elias Report is hosted by George Anthony. It is produced by Vic Hermanson. Our technical director is David Griffith. The St. Elias Report is owned and operated by St. Elias Media and is a Masabiki Brothers production. It's